Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. Today, I have a conversation with my good friend, Trent Bugowitz, who is the director of 10th Street at Linmar High School in Marion, Iowa. So I originally wanted to talk to Trent about show design. Um, their last three shows in particular have been incredible story sets. And I wanted to talk about his process for planning and designing those. And we do talk quite a bit about that today. However, my urgency in talking to Trent moved up significantly last week when he was one of the first directors in the country to announce publicly their plan for competitive show choir this year. And spoiler alert, that plan is that they are not going to compete. So he and I talk a lot about that decision and how we should all be handling things like those decisions moving forward this year. He's got some great advice. We tell some great stories. I hope you enjoy the chat. same in this room we yeah, have a our house was built in 1928 and so the basement got finished at some point but every single wall in the house is plaster right. and so it's just all so dead and yes hard. <laughs> ours was like that in mitchell it was built in like 1910 and so everything wow. was like that too where it was just like just you clap and nothing there's just nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of our house has like reasonably high ceilings though because it's newer because you know everything in texas is newer but that means that it reverbs pretty like with the hardwood floors and everything it's like great but also pretty but not helpful for this particular endeavor so closeted (laughs) master closet is like the or carpeted master closet is like the way to go with us that's perfect so tell me we'll just jump in tell me okay and you can be as specific as you want but be specific enough that we can kind of like chart your course with you but like what was your path to becoming a show choir professional like did you do it in high school were you aware of it prior to when you had to be a director and you got thrown in the deep end like how did you get to this point at Linmar? yeah um I actually I joined choir my sophomore year of high school mm-hmm. I had never done any choir and stuff before that I was in band and stuff in yeah. middle school but then I hated band and so <laughs> would you play and I actually I played trombone and I remember my eighth grade year I asked my director which now knowing band directors this is like their worst nightmare right. but I was pretty good at trombone and I was like, Hey, I really don't want to do band, but I'll keep going if you let me be a percussionist. And the band director was like, Absolutely not. Please quit. <laughs> He's like, That's the last thing I need is more percussionists. Exactly, more percussionists. <laughs> but I mean, as a middle schooler, I was like, I just want to be hanging out in the back of the room. <laughs> That's the dream, not paying attention. My son plays trombone exactly. and he's going to seventh grade. And I'm kind of waiting for like, is this going to be a thing you love and stick with? Or is this going to turn into, I want to be a percussionist because my husband is a percussionist. So I'm like, yes. we'll, we'll see where this goes. I'm with you on that. Okay. So dropped out of band. So, yeah. Dropped out of band. Um, really wasn't interested in choir. It wasn't really a, a cool thing in middle school, but yeah. my brother, my older brother, Tyler, who's a choir director as well in Nebraska. I always forget he, that Tyler is your older brother. Like I forget I your birth order. Like I can't ever remember who's who in that order. Yeah. But, but yes, he's, he's a Papillion La Vista, regular Papillion La Vista. Cause there's two, there's Papio South and Papillion yes. La Vista. So yes, he is a monarch. But Go ahead. he kind of led the way. I yeah. mean, he, he was into it. And I, I remember, I just watched him um, the year before I went to high school. They did Les Mis and yeah. he was um, he was Jean Valjean and of Les course. Mis. And yeah. so I was like, oh, music and singing is pretty cool. So I joined the musical my freshman year and then I tried out for choir and show choir. And what school sophomore. did you guys go to? Papillion La Vista High School. Oh, actually. 
Really? I know. I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh my Isn't goodness! That crazy? I knew you were Nebraska boys, but I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. too 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 funny. Okay, it is a small world. Awesome. Yes. So yeah, I did. Um, I I joined uh, my sophomore year, and I, I made Free Spirit at Papillion Vista, mm-hmm. and did that for three years, and learned to kind of love. I mean, I liked singing, but I didn't really even know because I had never done it before. Yeah. And, so and who was I enjoyed your director that, at that time? Like, who would have been um, at Tapio? Sarah Hendricks. Oh, yeah, who that is was now Sarah, Sarah Langdon. Yes. Who, yeah, she's, she's in great. middle school right now. I think she just transferred over. She just went back to Papillion. Yes. To oh. do a middle school job. <laughs> she was uh, at Central for a little while. I knew that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you decided this is not so bad. I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. Um, and, and I really actually enjoyed the dancing side a mm-hmm. lot. Um, I was... I, I, my mom still tells me to this day that like you were always kind of more dance first in that. And I was I like, I'm of course not like that now after the experiences I've had, but I just, I had never done that before and loved yeah. that part of it. I yeah. loved trying to get better at that, that I had never done and mm-hmm. I was okay at it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that was, that was fun. And, and my older brother went off to Nebraska yep. and did music education. And I remember early, early, I think it was my senior year. I was taking an AP music theory class from yeah. a great, great band teacher. I had at Pillion Vista, and I'd always knew I wanted to be a teacher and his class kind of showed me like all of those in-depth, real, really detailed points of music that kind of propelled me to be like, okay, I, I think I could teach this. And yeah. I love choir and, and I love music and studying the theoretical parts of this stuff. So those two together, I mean, I, I think I could do that. And mm-hmm. I, my brother had set up this, this really easy to follow path for me right. that was he was quite successful at and we had a lot of fun we I mean Tyler and I are great friends and yeah. so it, it was super easy to follow in his footsteps and go to Nebraska We've and new people there at the same time how far apart yes are you um age? my freshman year and his senior year okay, right. so I technically only had a semester with him there right before but, he student I, yeah yeah but oh, that was that's, great. That's very fun. Yes. Now, were you involved in the Big Red Singers in any capacity? I was. I I did it by uh by freshman and sophomore year, and and then I was kind of done. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, it was awesome while I was doing it. Um. And then I I just needed something different. Um. When I got to my junior and senior year it and got involved, a lot, in some more especially things. if you're music ed, I think to be able to be doing that as well I find that with a lot of kids who did BRS at some point during that middle part of college you have to be like okay I've got to take a break because I have to like pass music history you know yeah (laughs) exactly or things like that it was (laughs) it was just such a college is just insane we I I got really into the acapella stuff in college oh which one were you in I say which one I was in both oh okay (laughs) I was one of the few in both and so that kind of took over a lot of my time um, yes, we're talking about Rock Tabo and Bathtub Dogs, and for bath those of you who dogs, do not yeah. know. Yes. <laughs> and Bathtub Dogs was kind of like the, it was like the fun and kind of fratty one. Yeah. And, and when we started fratty doing Rock Tabo, it was so Bathtub Dogs, yes. It was a frat without being in a frat. <laughs> Truth, yes. <laughs> and then Rock Tabo at the time was, I mean, it was the this school of music sponsored one yeah. and it, it was much less of a big deal. And so that was kind of the one that my, my friend Nolan, mm-hmm. who's a director at Centennial yeah. now, um, and, and I, we, we really dug in and tried to build that one up to the standard yeah. Um, yeah. And, and had a few good years, but that took a lot of management and mm-hmm. was kind of the focus. But it, I think that that was the biggest experience that helped me in actual teaching and leading well, yeah, of other students' music. 
Yep, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so that that was a great experience for me in college. Okay, and acapella too. I think. I, I mean, it depends on what parts of the country you're in. Sometimes it gets a bad rap, like show choir does. I think sometimes about being, absolutely. Oh, it's pop or whatever. But I, I'm sorry, I have such high level of respect for acapella because it's the level of musicianship. Not that it's. I mean, not that it's not hard to do show choir vocals. It is, but like. The creation of it, first of all, and so many kids who are involved in pop acapella groups yeah. are often arranging as well. So, like, oh yeah, and I did. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was great what a cool side. thing and learning experience for you. And then, you know, you're just—it's just you and the microphone. Like, there's no, there's nothing to hide behind an acapella. Absolutely. So, I mean, that is such a cool thing if you can get involved in that. Um, at any point in your career, even once you're an adult and you're teaching, if you can find out if your kids are interested in it. Yeah. There's so many resources out there. You could jump in and learn how to be a part of that acapella world. It's such a cool part of music. And it doesn't take that many people. I mean, no. that was a nice part, too. You just get a few skilled people together and you make great yeah. music. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So you graduated and which was your graduated, first job? Um, I, I student taught at Papillion La Vista South. Okay. So back in Papillion was that with Sherry, Sherry Renshi. Okay, yeah, yeah, Sherry at that, time. that was yep. one of the best semesters of my life. Yes. Such an an interesting oh, experience she's, that yeah, she she's is, a magician. Yeah, she just is. Yeah. <laughs> and then like I, I got the job at Linmar actually quite it was late. I think it was like July first I okay. got this job. So you were panicking. Um, <laughs> panicking. <laughs> And uh, absolutely panicking. Yeah. And so then I, I got that job at Linmar and worked with, with Bob and, mm-hmm. and with June. And, and that experience was so different than with Sherry. I mean, they, they both got to great products, but mm-hmm. in the opposite way. Oh, I can imagine. Yes. And I've only <laughs> so nice. met Bob a few times and he is, I love him, but yeah, different than Sherry for sure. Yes. Yes. I mean, it like, I, I feel like I was one teacher after student teaching, yeah. which most people are. Sure. And then I went and learned from some really great colleagues and was a different teacher. But I also yeah. like had that Sherry motivational backpack mm-hmm. to go to, which I think has helped me a lot I over the years. I love that. The motivational backpack. I love that. It was that. great. So many little tools. Yes. And, I mean, she. I, I always tell this story of me and my first moment in Sherry's room. But mm-hmm. I was watching her teach in the first week, and she uh, – She's conducting through this piece and it was terrible. I mean, yeah. she had this one choir. It was like 140 kids. It was like all the upperclassmen. Right. And they were sight reading and they didn't really do any sight reading like strategies. They didn't do solfege. So they just okay. kind of went. Yeah. And it was terrible. <laughs> and they she stops them and, and she tells this story about her dog that passed. And sure. I mean, I was like, this is so interesting. This has nothing to do with it. And it, all the kids were just like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And then she goes, all right, again. And it was perfect. Like the song was great. And I was just like, I, I can't do that. What do I learn from this? <laughs> Is that tell nonsensical stories about your pets to fix vocal problems? And I don't it know. Worked. It I does. Mean, it worked for her. I, yep. I, I don't know. It was amazing. I think that always just shows me like kids are just such a reflection of the classroom that you build. And so like she yeah. just had built this world that was built around her being able to work with them in that way. And it worked for her. It does not yes. work for everyone. But no. It worked for her. Good for <laughs> and you. And it did not work for me in my first year at Lindmar. <laughs> Those um, kids were not yeah. ready for that type That's of motivation. That's a different department. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, like you said, a good thing, a good difference. Okay, so Absolutely. then you were the assistant or associate. I don't know what your title was, whichever. Either know. or. Okay. Both. And then Bob retired. And so you have been the head at Lindmar for how long now? Well, and not technically the head. We don't really do a, okay. a, a 
a tiered structure at all. Okay. We're all just kind of even across the board. Got but I, I've been doing the the top show choir um, since okay. Bob retired. Yes. Um, and said so that's I think this is this last year was my third year doing it mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you guys, you didn't have a whole lot of changeover, which is good outside of like, yes, Bob retired, but you guys got to keep a lot of your structure intact. And then, yes. which helps, I think, certainly if you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then you kept the same choreographer, of course, right? April had been there prior, um, yeah. April James. And then you are engaged to Lexi, Lexi Robson. Lexi Robson, yes. yeah. And she assists with that as well, correct? And she was actually there the year before I got there. Right. It's a weird small world scenario. Kind of a weird, she worked with April thing. the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually I, I hired Lexi. Um I had never seen her choreography, but mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on her. Um <laughs> and I assumed she was great because I saw her work at this camp and it was I mean, she was awesome. What so is she hired... terrible? <laughs> <laughs> I, I it, I mean, You would have still gotten a date often. out of it, maybe. It would have been okay on that level. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> and was that the camp in, uh, at Morningside that you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um, it used to be at University of South Dakota. Right, but yeah, right. moved to Morningside recently. But that's yes. where we first met. And I actually, that I got a ton of great teaching experience there as mm-hmm. well with Keith Weber leading that camp. Oh, He's a genius yeah. also. He really has done a great job with that camp over the years. I know. Yeah. Like, and I'm sad that you didn't get to have that this year. Like, there's. I know. And no one's more disappointed than those kids. They, <sighs> they eat and live that camp (laughs) just do and and there's so many of those experiences that i'm just devastated for kids about this year that's been really tough absolutely um so yeah three years that that's kind of what i was thinking too that you've been the the person leading the ship with uh oh my gosh i can't remember what number street it is 10th 10th street Street. i came out right as you were saying i was was like 12th street i'm like that can't be right that doesn't sound right at all Street singers. Well, I started know. thinking about Urbandale and how like their studio changes oh, every studio. year, and so I was I like, love that. "Wait, is it a different number of street? No, that doesn't make sense. It wouldn't be a different street every year." Two thousand twentieth Street. Twentieth Street, and then next year is twenty first Street. That would be a nightmare to keep track of, honestly. And then every century, you have the same name as the last century, <laughs> and then you pay homage and you do a whole show about that. Listen. There's there's a there's a thought there. You should think about it. No, Tenth Street is great. Keep Tenth Street. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I have a great plan for my first show in twenty one twenty. Yes, if that's what you're gonna do. You know, I will say though that that brings me to an interesting thought, which is that I think that there are two kinds of show choir names where you either remember the name of the school and they go by the name of the school, or yes. you remember the name of the group. Like with Linmar, I rarely say Tenth Street. I think that's why it's I agree. hard for me to remember. You like you. We all say yeah, I get that. Yeah. And like, uh, I think about like Wheaton Warrenville South, for example, like I have to work hard to remember that it's the classics because I just yeah. think about WWS. That's what I call them, you know. So that is kind <laughs> of a weird thing in show choir world where, you know, we're not always always referred to by the actual names of our groups. Um, yep. The the main question I wanted to ask you, like yeah. once you got on this path and like, I think that, that Linmar specifically under Yusufar has been really known for is really, really intricate and interesting show design. Um, yeah. There's been a story all three years um, and, and a well-executed story. And I'm a story Thanks. show geek. Like I love story <laughs> shows. So, um, but I will, you know, as you know, as well, there are just sometimes really poorly executed story shows and they can Absolutely. be, a total debacle for your year and so to have you have had three in a row that I not only just really admire what you guys did but I understood them and I loved them and I was attached to them and I can like still talk about them like eloquently because I remember that much about it and not just <laughs> the story 
the singing and not just the singing, the dancing and not just that, like the actual visual design of the show. So I just want yeah, you to talk you. a little bit of like how you have gotten there with those. And I want to start back For with, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to say just the, um, the sign language flying show again, because that's what yeah. I call it in my head. Um, but it was called Take Flight, right? Take Flight yes. was the name for the kids. Yeah. 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 In 2018? Um, yeah. 2017, 18, yeah. Okay. Got it. So how did you come to that? Like, where did that come from? So I can't really talk about those other three without crediting the one right before it. Okay. But it was called The Cult Show. Yeah. And that one was like, <laughs> it was far less notable and successful. No, but I, um, I did see it and I remember it. Yes. It was a thing, though. I mean, that to me, and, and I talk about this with Lexi and with Nolan all the time, like that was the one that opened up the doors yeah. to be able to do the other ones. We we really took a chance and did something that was risk. We'd never done like a real story show and. And so that struggle really led to a lot of eye-opening moments that helped open the door to some of those other totally. ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a- after that year, um, Nellie Wilhite, that, that's the Take Flight show. That mm-hmm. that one, we I actually came to that idea when I was at the um, National ACDA conference up in Minneapolis yeah. that year. And I saw um, the Wartburg Choir with Lee Nelson. Yes. They performed Ain't No Grave Can Hold My Body yes. Down. And they, they had a sign language moment. It was and so good. It was, it was one of those moments that just stuck with you. And I, I, thank goodness, didn't immediately at the ACDA conference go like, that needs to be a show choir moment. But a couple <laughs> Everyone months later. Everyone would have turned and looked at him and been like, I'm sorry, what, sir? <laughs> come on. Yeah. But a couple months later, I was like, I, I thought of that and I was like, oh, wow, that that could be a really cool moment mm-hmm. um, to do a moment of silence and just have sign language happening. So, totally. I mean, it was as it was as sad and, and simple as I went on Google and I was like, famous deaf people or yeah. famous people who are hard of hearing and yeah. just searched some some content topics like that. And then I came across Nellie Wilhite, who mm-hmm. was a Midwestern person. And um, I I liked the time period that went along with Nellie's story as yeah. well because in 1920s and mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of different things you can pull into a show with Very that true. and I, I think that there was a lot of legs to that story and I, I also think that that story and that show in general was it was most successful because the story was amazing I yeah. mean the the story we found and finding the ability to tell somebody's story that had never been told right. especially at that stage was was so powerful to people I think we we could have gotten away with being a heck of a lot worse than mm-hmm. we were yeah. that year because that story was so effective. Yeah. Um, but that that was a blast to put together. And I had a dream group of kids that year that just they they came from kind of all over. It was not mm-hmm. my most talented like a year across the yeah. board, but it was these boys that we kind of pulled out of the hallway and mm-hmm. they they were they just they were there a half an hour early to practice just working and it was easy. That whole year was easy. Mm-hmm. We went to competitions. Everybody liked it. Didn't mm-hmm. matter how it ended up. Yeah. It was something that affected people. And, and I just think that that was cool. Yeah. Um, but that show certainly that put a lot of pressure on the rest of it because now, oh, we, we had a really successful year. What are we going to do now? We're that story show school we've got. Right. And do you keep going down that road or do you like 90 degrees? You know what I mean? Because that's exactly. thing. you could pivot and do absolutely not story after that yep. just to get away from it. Um, and I think that's that's one of the points that we always are thinking of yeah. is like the, the shows that have been successful for us have been cool and successful, I think, because they've been different. Right. And so we can't let ourselves in the design get pigeonholed into what's been successful for us because 
that was only successful because no one had done it. Yes. So and it's the always trying to think of what's had. next. That's an important component. Yep. When you brought that up about like it was kind of a different group of kids. And I love that analogy of pulling the guys out of the hallway. I mean, that's very much like I've certainly <laughs> lived those years too. But those end up being some of my favorite years sometimes. And Amazing so that's years. why you cannot just rest on your laurels in planning a show. Like, oh, this worked yep. last year. We'll just plug in the same things. You never have the same kids again. You never have the same audiences again. You never have the same, frankly, like world climate again. I mean, good grief. Exactly. That's huge. World climate every five minutes right now. So certainly right now, planning a show would be tough that way. You can't rely on that. You've got to go where the, where the, the creativity of it leads you, even if that's a little bit away from what you had been doing. And I think I, we always are trying to, I always want to feel a little risky i always want to feel a little scared Mm -hmm. in the shows we're picking like if i feel like no one will ever question this like everyone will love it like i think that that's a bad feeling i don't think that will end up good in the long run yeah and there are directors who who really themselves personally can't handle that and that is i'm gonna go ahead and say that's okay i mean you don't all have to be trendier in the in the desire to be risky (laughs) but i would agree with you i'm one of those people that's like what can we do that's never been done before and let's turn it on its head you know um and and so it's okay if you want to be a little closer closer to your safe zone when planning but you're never probably gonna have that like home run experience with your kids exactly. and a show if you just plan inside your safety zone. And I think what you said with the kids is the mm-hmm. main part. I mean, mm-hmm. if if I can't get my students on board with what we're doing, and yeah. I'll, I, I'll talk about that later with this year, we had yeah. some struggles this year with mm-hmm. that, but okay. that, that was the, that's the most important part. If we can get them on the same page of letting the competition speak for themselves yes. and just telling an important story and getting mm-hmm. affected and affecting the audience and mm-hmm. their point of view and their mindset. That's when we have success. When mm-hmm. the audience leaves questioning their own thoughts and questioning what their opinions were before, that's when the real success happens. Well, that leads mind. us directly to the yellow wallpaper because that's hey. exactly <laughs> how I felt leaving. And I must've seen that show. I don't even know more than my own show that year. I think I saw it like six <laughs> times between how many times oh. I judged it and how many times you we did. competed against y'all. And so it was like <laughs> every weekend I felt like I was seeing it and I was okay with that. Like every weekend I got something new out of Thank that show. You, yeah. And it every was time I was whirlwind. like, Oh, I'd leave and my brain would just hurt so bad. Yeah. So let me, summarize for you and then you can jump in with any thoughts you have about it but the yellow wallpaper if you did not see it first of all again I always put the links to these shows that we're talking about in the description so you can just click the link below and watch the yellow wallpaper like I encourage you to pause the podcast and do that if you haven't seen it (laughs) because 90% of what we're about to say won't make sense and also you just need to see it if you didn't because it's amazing so the yellow wallpaper is based off of a short story correct yes um and like the ins and outs, the very quick synopsis version of this is it has to do with basically how we handled mental illness in this country around turn of the century. Yes. Ish. Yeah. yeah. About 1890. Exactly. And, and it, it hit specifically difficult for me and people like myself. I think those of us who are parents, um, because it comes from postpartum depression, uh, the early, the beginnings of this mental illness happening. And, um, that was hard. The first couple times I saw it to draw yeah. out of my mom brain enough to be able to. And and luckily I wasn't judging it until after I'd seen it once or twice. That would have been <laughs> even harder as a judge to try and like pull out of that thought in my own mind. Yep. Um, 
and then I would question sometimes I'd see it being like, gosh, is this a show, show that like, is this story really need to be told? You know, I would think about like, is this mm-hmm. too dark? For me, it wasn't. But then other people would bring that up for sure. I heard I, that conversation. I'm sure it was. All for the some time. People, you know? Um, and then, you know, in the end, the different incarnations I saw of it over over the season, The my favorite, of course, is where it ended up, where it just goes completely black. And then they sing... Welcome to our house on Maple Avenue in the yeah. darkness. Like it's completely dark. And they're in that yummy unison where the guys are up high with the girls. And then they go uh-huh. shine and there's a small chord and there's nothing. It's just dark and black and nothing. And there's no sound. One of those late February yes! editions. But I loved that. By the time you got to that and I saw it, I was like, ooh, that's it. And then like no one that was even the hardest breathes. part of the show. Finding <gasps> out how to end. Heck I mean, no, how, how do you end that? that? Yes. And Because it ends it's so horrifying how it ends in the Mm -hmm. short story and so like that was the question all year it's like how far do we dig into the horrifying nature and and how much do we need to give audiences Mm -hmm. some sort of bow on the Mm -hmm. end so that they feel just not terrible the rest of the day but (laughs) i also didn't want to cop out and like make it end happy like it doesn't end happy content is not happy and that's what makes it important yes and that and it's not there's who says the quote? Orson Welles, I think, says the quote about like, you know, if you want to have a story with a happy ending, it depends upon where you end the story. Because yes. like no story like definitively ends on a happy note. I guess unless yes. somebody dies literally in their happiest moment of their life. I mean, there's just <laughs> yeah. Possible. So yeah, maybe. But I, I loved where you got with it. I think you gave us, like you said, some of that darkness because it really is a horrible ending in this short story but without having to go all the way to that in that True. moment um i i when i watched um this is just a quick aside i'm sorry to no no you're I, fine i saw i watched hadestown in new york last yeah. summer and just how they they ended their show and of course if you know that story mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a um it, it's not a happy ending yeah. and it's a it's a drama and mm-hmm. it's um, a tragedy um and how they end in their last song is they just kind of speak to the audience and they say like a tragedy is a tragedy and why we tell a tragedy is is so we can learn from our mistakes and so we can learn from the things that haven't go well and and that's why we're going to tell it again the next night that's Mm -hmm. why we're going to do it again because to 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 feel pain and to feel that type of negativity if you have the right mindset about it and can get to the right mindset about it mm-hmm. can really lead to positivity on the other end. That's where the majority of growth comes from is absolutely like the painful things, the tragic things, the, the things that went wrong, the things that failed. <laughs> if you're only focusing on, Oh, this went super well. So we'll do it exactly like that again. And then if it doesn't go super well, we'll just lie to ourselves and say that we liked it anyway. Like, yeah. What? How are you doing anyone a service there? And like, exactly. that was kind of my response to people when, uh, you know, I know I certainly had some boosters in Mitchell, especially who were like, when we'd see the yellow wallpaper, they'd be like, I, and it started out with, I don't get it. You know, and I'd be like, well, <laughs> always does. <laughs> okay, I don't get it really. Like, wh- okay, I'm going to say horrible things now. Um, when Go people say things like, I don't get it. I'm like, why would you admit to that? Like in this flippant way. It's one thing to say to someone, I didn't really understand it. Could you explain to me like, you know, that's fine. That's one thing. But when you walk around and say things like, I don't get it. Like, sir, all that tells me is that also, yeah, you're A, bitter, or B, that you maybe are not a very bright human being. Like, if you're content to be not getting it and not even wanting to know more, I we're good. I know everything I need to know about you right now, sir. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, But there was a lot of, I think, that kind of murmuring going on early in the season. And then Mm -hmm. later when I 
would have the opportunity to have conversations about it with people when they would ask about it. Have you seen it? What do you think? You know, I could say, I think that that's the service we're providing, not just the audience, but those kids in that moment is that you were giving mm-hmm. them the opportunity to wade through something difficult and something really challenging and hard and tragic and get to the other side of that with new thoughts and opinions and having had tough conversations with people around them. Like you provided that opportunity for the kids in a way that I don't think personally was scarring. I don't think you think it was Mm -hmm. either or you wouldn't have done it. Um, I think your boosters obviously didn't either, but you know, I, I think that it's not necessary for us to shy away from everything difficult just because we like things to be happy as much as we and can. that show actually it came about i mean i'll make this quick no i gotta know yep <laughs> i tried to do another show that year that i had a meeting with my parents about because mm-hmm. it was also a questionable topic sure. to some people and the parents were enraged and Ooh. would not let me do that story You're like never uh, mind. But not not like they wouldn't let me my, my principal gave me full Rain to do yeah, whatever they I concerns. wanted. They had concerns, and and a couple parents threatened to have their kids quit the group. And I said from the beginning that yeah. if kids weren't going to do it, then I was not going to sure. force that down. So mm-hmm. this is actually this all came together in about two weeks mm-hmm. in June because I had a full other show designed, yeah. and then I had to create a second one. Yeah, but it also I think that allowed me to kind of like. Okay, as long as I don't hit on the topics that I tried to do in my first show, then I think right. I'll be great. <laughs> right. Um, but, and yes, it was about specifically postpartum depression in this instance, but I think it just also, again, opened up a really cool dialogue with a lot of people about um, just all forms of mental illness and like yes. how we treat that, how we handle that. And because there wasn't, there wasn't a villain in that show. Let me say this. Like a lot of times you, I agree. Yeah. Like the protagonist, the antagonist notion is a really simple way to plan a show. I get that. A lot of people go that direction, but this part of the beauty was the gray area where like the husband wasn't doing anything wrong. No, he just represented society. He he represented the norm. Right. And he was thought Mm -hmm. he was doing the best thing he could for her. And And he played that. So he acted it so well too. those two children, which I did not, by the way, know that they had, they were dating at that time. And when they were still dating, they are still five years now. My heart loves everything about that. But like, I just, I can't imagine them playing that level of that intensity on stage. And they did it so freaking well like every time I saw it they were 100% in it she is like hysterically screaming and or crying while singing almost every time like yeah she's she's nuts she's nuts I don't know either of these children's names but I think they're both amazing like (laughs) incredible incredible performers but they uh you know she did such a good job of like not being like a pitied victim like someone where you're just like oh well that person is just not strong enough to pull themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever Mm -hmm. like she clearly was like I don't understand what's happening with me. I need help. Like she did all the right things. And then like the wallpaper can't be the uh, villain because it's, well, frankly, it's not there and it's not happening. (laughs) But like, but they don't even come off as villainous. Like no parts of this show come off as someone being the, the person who's making all this happen. And that's, I think what really messed with people. I think it was hard to walk away going societal, you know, I mean, not individual. Oh, but when the wallpaper like comes to life that first time you see it, and again, I'll I'll pick the best video version of it when I put it on here in case you didn't see it live. Um, the visual work that April and her team did on that show is like largely amazing. It's and just, April and Lexi did it. Yeah. They do all our stuff now completely yeah. together. It's yeah. uh, it's a half and half split, and it's 
they just do such good, inventive, Incredible. creative work. Every yeah. time I'm seeing something from Linmar right now, I feel like I, it's something I've never seen before, which is so hard. It's so hard it's so to hard. do that in Showcar World because we've been doing this a while now. And it's really easy mm-hmm. to see things that are like, oh, that's normal. But like the shapes that were made with their bodies and there was so much contemporary dance in that show. Um, yes. Which for non-dancers is is i think the biggest Hard. challenge yeah for kids it's real um, tough what was that like in the cleaning process and the you know it's actually i mean i it's so hard to talk about because i i don't i know other you're people not will tell me cleaning. like <laughs> yeah i mean but like other people will tell me like well your kids just they dance really well but we also we we teach it and yes. we work on it and we I think of show choir as a dance education more than a vocal education because mm-hmm. we get that in choir. Mm-hmm. We we teach our kids in choir every day. Oh, so yeah, this is supplemental think, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that people often give dancing a bad rap. Like, well, you're spending way more time on dancing than singing. This is show choir. Yes. And it's oh, like, well, I, yes. we're, I, we're, I'm sorry. Like we, we do choir in the day and I teach them how to sing technically. And then I employ that at night during show choir. And oh, most right. of that is, teaching my kids how to dance because they don't know how to. And of course, yeah. I, I mean, that year I, I had a group of, I mean, especially girls that, that I, blonde I think I had in the 10 front, girls. middle mm-hmm. with this, who's like, I can't so figure out any other way to describe her other than that, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. Like, yeah, oh, man, like wow, it's just rock star dancers, yeah. but it's, it's a process to get them to dance in that way. But mm-hmm. I also think that once it's about the movement and not the cleanliness, yes. it's, we, we almost like with that show. I spent little time cleaning mm-hmm. the whole year. It was all about was att- yeah, and, yeah. And I also think that that's something with difficult choreography as mm-hmm. well, and choreography that makes sense. Which I give a lot of credit to Lexi and April for mm-hmm. that. Is that if you actually are doing all of that movement right, there's not a lot of cleaning because there's only one way to get your weight to make go yes. that it will actually happen. So really, I mean, at choreography camp. I would say a couple of our songs were pretty dang clean. And yeah. later in the year, we, we had like, oh, okay, this eight counts a little off, but then we'd work on it for 10 minutes and, mm-hmm. and they'd have it again. So it, I, I just think that a lot of times cleanliness is the goal. And you know what I don't care about as a viewer is how clean something no, is. No, intentive just, I, movement needs to be. Exactly. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. And clean is, is great. Like if you can be intensive and clean, mm-hmm. awesome. Great, yeah. But like clean with no intent choreographically doesn't doesn't affect anyone emotionally and that's really the only thing i care about in yes. showfire is affecting people emotionally you know and there is there is kind of i would say that that is at this point in showfire at my own personal opinion i would say that that is kind of the great divide it's not so much story shows or not story shows or whatever like i think it's more about the style of movement you're seeing and we've got you know some choreographers in the camp that you and I are discussing right now and then we've got some choreographers that are I would say like great at the impactful movement of the full picture of the stage like being able to do unison and really just like impressive like pictures of what's happening on stage yes um like if i were to take a photograph of what's happening in that moment it would be very clean and very stark and very like and there is something to be said for that but that doesn't match with all groups that doesn't match with all directors that doesn't match with all style shows so you really have to kind of hone in on what it is you're trying to do with your kids what it is that they really are also going to be good at and 
it's really pretty difficult to cross those lines once you're in one camp I agree. or another. You know? Yeah. And I don't think like one just like you said, one camp is clearly not better than no, the other. It's, it's just, it's just different yeah. in mm-hmm. what you want and what you're going after. And mm-hmm. like I I mean, of course I'm engaged to a trained dancer right. who studied at one of the best dance schools in the yeah. country. And mm-hmm. I mean, she is very passionate dancer, about yeah. what she does. Yeah. yeah. She's very passionate about what she does and has influenced my mindset about sure. choreography a heck of a lot, just mm-hmm. in our nightly conversations about mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't. And it, that's been quite an experience. She, I mean, she's Lexi is a half of any of this equation. She is yeah. incredibly creative and motivated. Um, I mean, I've never, I've never worked with somebody who wants success out of students more than she does. Oh, so it's yeah, been, for sure. It's been a and great sh- experience. Her personality and her, her style of teaching goes a long way as well into like pulling mm-hmm. those things from kids because they can see Such she's a good invested and then yeah. she wants that for them and all of that. So I'm sorry that she's upstairs teaching right now. You can have her bop down and we can talk to her. <laughs> I can hear her just a little bit. <laughs> she's literally <laughs> teaching choreo upstairs in your house doing a virtual camp as we speak. Yep. But, um, the, I think also a lot of that stems from April. I think we, we can yes. say from that mindset, at least not like, I don't mean talent wise. I mean, like, I think I see people like, Lexi, for example, Steph Hyatt comes from that same kind of camp in time. Mm-hmm. They're all Ankeny kids, right? All those Ankeny um, kids. All those yeah. Ankeny kids. And like choreographers who kind of came out of an April group or time frame tend to lean more in that direction of intentful movement. Um, yeah. And again, I don't, there's no, right or wrong, bad or good necessarily with what we're saying, but it is, I feel like I can see it. You can chart it like a family tree of like, this is where this is. And this is where this, you know, it's very interesting to watch, but, um, so anyway, just getting those two in a room together working. I I mean, like they, and they work so differently. Like we're during our camps and, and getting everybody pleased and in their best working mindset is a job, but it is so worth it. Um, when they, I mean, because I, I mean, I talked about Lexi, but April and just the, yeah. when she gets motivated about what she's doing and she was with the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, it. Yeah. it was uh, that stuff that was coming out of her body the first time through mm-hmm. was just genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool to work with such a creative team every year. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. We, you and I have been present at like, like Nebraska camp, for example, let's say Nebraska summer, show choir camp yeah. in the summer where like. April, uh, Stephen Todd, Kevin, if he's teaching that year, like they're all preparing basically their quote summer camp shows like that they'll teach at yeah. different camps. They teach it at Nebraska. They also teach it at SCA. And so you kind of get to watch all of them go through their different process. That's part of why I love Nebraska being first is that I get to watch yeah. the process of the things being created. Cause you uh-huh. know, we'll all go stand out on a patio or a balcony or something, or we're all in some giant room where they're all separately working and then we'll all come together and like hang out chat for 12 minutes. And then like someone will have a great <laughs> idea and they bring up somebody else and they'll be like, Lexi, come dance with me. And you do this while I do this, yeah. you know, Steven, and, come over here. Yeah, try this. Like <laughs> hold this. Why don't you think about, and I just, that process is so, so fascinating because cool. I'm not, a choreographer so that's like insane yeah like you, people like you and i just sit over with like our white claws and we're like wow this is amazing this Good for is y'all. Awesome we'll be over here not doing that <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yeah i just that show 
Um, so thank you for that. You and pass that along, of course. But I mean, that show is incredible. So if if we haven't convinced you to watch it yet, I don't know what else we can possibly say. But that show is a whole thing. It was a it was a great experience. I I mean, I can't I can't thank those. I mean, all my students, but those lead two actors. Yes. And I mean, we put in. I mean, almost every day after school, we were doing acting workshops and I'm essentially going through every every moment of acting mm-hmm. that they had and discussing what what emotions they were feeling and how right. to portray that on stage. And that, that was just such a roller coaster of an experience to get them to that level. Oh, and they yeah. just owned it. And they, they, did, and they it. really did. That's, I mean, again, you can't do what you do without the kids and people forget that a lot of the time, <laughs> I think weirdly, cause it's education. It should be the first thought, yeah. but it's not always. Um, what about, <laughs> let's go to the next year then, which is this past year, which by the way, seems like a hundred years ago. Exactly. Like, like I think I just saw years. your show like <laughs> four or five months ago it could have been that long (laughs) i know was that a hundred years ago um so this year's show is genesis Genesis, was that actually the title of it or is that just the thing on the on the side that was the title of the show yeah for i mean for the students and And stuff i only saw it one time i only got to see it at hastings this year so like i didn't get the benefit of the multiple watchings but i and i was judging so i mean that's a different kind of watching for sure you don't get to just sit and hang out and enjoy but (laughs) it it was so different. And I'm yeah. sure that was part of what you were trying to do as a departure from It's a big goal. The yellow wallpaper. We had to go 360 <laughs> or 180 years 180, away from not 360. <laughs> yeah. Not 360. We don't Purple want yellow wallpaper, wallpaper again. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a goal in the design of yeah. the show was was to I mean, we had done a couple shows in a row that had hit on the the far past. We we had done a a, a show, I mean, in the yellow wallpaper that was I mean, really a downer in the end. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I was trying to create something that was a little newer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought setting it in the future was was kind of an interesting point of view. Um, and then also just something that was inherently happy. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, you have to in a show like I truly believe you have to have struggle for anyone to care at all about That's it. Just storytelling. But yeah, exactly. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it I mean, the happiness of that ending and the, that theme of togetherness, I, I also didn't have the I mean I I had a different selection of kids and yeah. so the featured soloists that I had done also the past two years I thought it would be nice to go away from that sure. and seek a more ensemble driven show because yeah. I had never done a show like that I had never a done point. a show that had like not a featured person that was the point of the story so I was trying to do something that was about the group yeah um, and that was tougher for me too in the design. Well, but, and it's yeah. harder for the kids too because they all have to be the soloist in that moment. Basically, yeah. is what it ends up being, and sometimes it's hard to get some kids on board with that. Um, and to show it on stage, and, oh, and, for and sure. have people still care. Like I think every, every single time I'm making a show, my my first question when I'm designing any portion is like, why will the audience care about this? Is it is there be. any reason yeah. for the audience to care? And if there's a point person, mm-hmm. it's way easier yep. to get the audience to fall in love with that person's character, care about the struggle they're going through and hopefully see them overcome. From beginning to end, that's a simple thing for an audience. But to watch 58 kids on stage and try to get them to understand what they're all feeling and the experience they're all going through and not just understand it, but care about Mm -hmm. it was a way tougher sell. Well, and but you did pick something though, topic wise, that I think was a universal for our yes. our collective conscience at the moment, I feel like. I mean, that may not be the case maybe for, you know, people who are a lot older, maybe like my parents' age maybe didn't quite feel yeah. that way about it. And maybe my like, kids called like, it a the boomer show. That's what they called it. 
<laughs> okay, I get that, and I love that. That's that's hilarious because I bet that there was a whole lot of I don't get it out of that age. Um, but they the... were like, "Well, why does this matter? It doesn't even." <laughs> There's so many stories about this here. <laughs> well, if you, again, if you haven't seen this year, you click the link and you can go watch it. But the the things that were so interesting and, again, very different from the Yellow Wallpaper or or the, the flight show was that there was a lot of technology, first of all, involved in this show. Yep. So, like, we bless needed you. It to sell. I know. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been in the future world without <laughs> it. So, but I also felt that for you, like, as the setup was happening. Oh, both times I was like... Such stress. I just want to vomit thinking about being the director of this show right now because there's, <laughs> like, light-up benches, which, first of all, are the coolest thing ever. They turned My out favorite amazing. thing ever. I love They amazing. turned out so great. It was amazing. <laughs> and the sign, which was probably on, I don't know, not like a cherry picker, but a hydraulic lift of some sort right it was, yeah it was like a they my show choir dads like rigged a garage door opener sure, to a standalone post i mean it <laughs> also i will tell you that that sign rising up and going down was like super important i think that it rose right, and but it was fell your Achilles heel of the show <laughs> every it worked, time like twice <laughs> um all the other times one of the times i saw it yeah yeah and i had to like I literally, I had three crew people there, and we'd all just like give it a hoist, and then I it think would I go. I saw up. you like hit it one time on one of the shows. It, I was it like, it. "Bless oh, you." I'm a, so sorry. <laughs> what a nightmare back there. But you had, you're right. You had to have that. And the other thing that's yep. weird when you're doing that sort of a show, that if you've never done a show that's future based, is that you are having to create the entire society in which your show is taking place. Yes. From the set pieces and the way the kids are walking and talking, or not talking, but kind of interacting. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, there's just so much more intellectual. The character work to study be done. behind it yes. was so interesting. Yes. Way more than in past years. You can't just look at a history book and go, this is what was happening. You yeah. have to go. And like, for example, in the yellow wallpaper, we like. I, I found this document that was written in 1895 yeah. that was all about the social rules of society. And so it was so interesting to read that and talk about like how men like or women never looked men in the eye unless yeah. men approached that. And so like we practiced like when they were doing like community scenes, yes. like how to approach each other and mm-hmm. and how to actually make it in that time frame. Really but you're right for feel. the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. We there was no rules that were written, so we got to write them. But that's Which is tough. fun and also tough. Like, it's both yes. of those things for sure, right? And um, my students were, they were so, they love that part of it. They love yes. when we sit down and we do our character studies. Yes. If we, they all pick a character name and a job. I mean, they, we've got like a hundred questions. And <sighs> and this, this year they were, I mean, I just remember all of, I remember one girl asked like, okay, so if everybody goes to the Genesis clinic once a month and otherwise they don't talk to each other, how do babies get made? And I was like, I, I don't know. You're like, listen, how. kid, I haven't thought that far. Um. You, you poked a hole in the story. There it is. <laughs> okay, so now everyone can go back and watch your show and realize that it's completely not plausible. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Because it is all a farce. <laughs> well, but it is an important it is an important social commentary piece for sure. I think all of the yeah. the the walking around they did with themselves in the screens and the way that the screens were presented early on is this like happy fun. You weren't demonized. It wasn't an episode of Black Mirror. It was like no. it was really 
fun, like their interactions with each other with the screens. And then you realize once they're in Genesis and everything kind of breaks down for a second that you're like, oh, but that's a really false fun. But it's the fun that we know right now where you're like, oh, gosh, I'd forgotten that. You know, it kind of takes I just did that last night. (laughs) It's amazing, you know. So I that was that was a cool, cool thing about that show. But yeah, you're right. It can be a harder sell in those ways, for sure. And it was with yeah. my students this year. They it, it took a heck of a lot longer to get them on board. I mean, just with the concept that the, if the show was going to be good. Yeah. And I think that it's a back and forth street because if I had gotten them on board sooner, it the show would have gotten better sooner. Mm-hmm. But I they weren't because they didn't know if, the show was good yeah you know? isn't that so weird how they get wrapped up in that thought they do. on their own and i love that they demand so much like sure. if my students were accepted a show that was subpar we would do a lot of subpar shows mm-hmm. i bet but they don't they want to they want to change people's minds they want to affect people emotionally and, yeah and they weren't sure i i think that i mean it really took until about december when we first did the transitions that had the sound effects and the lights right. and that's when they were like Oh, <laughs> this is how it all goes together. Like otherwise we just have these random songs that yeah. are chunked next to each other. Yeah, but they they do. They need that transitional element to make there was so much ex- outside of the kids themselves that made that show work. Yes. That's again, not a bad thing, but it's different than what they were probably used to doing. So yes. the story itself didn't sell it. Right. You know, oh, we, it, we needed yes. all the stage elements. I mean, yes. I think this year more than any year, in order for us to be competitively successful, we had to sing and dance better this year than we ever did before. Um, I mean, much more than in Nellie Wilhite Mm -hmm. and more than in Yellow Wallpaper. Mm -hmm. We had to sing and dance enough to do well competitively beyond our story alone. Well, and I mean, not to go too much into all of the, the scoring and judging components of it, but I mean, I did score both of those shows and I can tell you like, yeah. and you, and I'm sure you had this experience with lots of judges. Well, I shouldn't say that because judges are a whole other discussion we won't get into today because that's not yeah, what you and I are lovely. talking about today. But the, <laughs> the elements that I think kept putting the yellow wallpaper over the top, at least for me in the times when I scored it and it would end up on top was that the movement and the visual and the dancing was so unbelievably here. Yes. That like, while the singing was still excellent, like extremely good, you would be competing against people, especially in Iowa, where where the singing, like for Ankeny, for example, where the singing is also still extraordinarily good. Like you're, you're all like that. Everybody sings extraordinarily well. And so for the yellow wallpaper, it would be the movement thing that kind of put it over the top with this one. You needed, you needed more from the singing even than you would normally get to have that full effect on a score sheet. And that's, yeah, that's a hard part about planning a show too. I mean, you get that, but like, that's something that I think that younger directors or newer directors don't always take into consideration. Um, Makes sense. I don't think you should plan around a score sheet by any means. Like I'm not advocating for that, but you do kind of have to be aware of where I don't want to say the whole because it's not a whole, but like where the which thing is going to have to do a little yeah. bit more heavy lifting. and who your group is yeah. too. You know, I yeah. mean, I I knew I'd have an ensemble sound this mm-hmm. year and and not necessarily like a a huge sound out right. of my group. Like I I mean, I know I'm never going to go out and and sing as loudly as some other groups mm-hmm. that I compete against. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we 
with yellow wallpaper specifically i'd go back but that was a very soft singing group yes. they did not have a like 11th gear that, that they could switch to it, and you were smart exactly like it, i had to it was fine because we never needed it to blow our faces off like yeah. vocally we never need that but the band gave us those moments they you did. know when the, the band, band would kick excellent. in what's that pandemonium song right after like when he leaves and like she's dancing on the bed. Is it after the ballad? When she oh yeah, it's called the Yellow Wallpaper. Actually, oh, the song okay. was, I, it was about the story. I remember I Nuts. found it on Apple Music, and I was like, "Well, this one's in the show." Done. <laughs> I love when things like that happen. You're like, "Well, I guess we're going yeah. with this. That's great." But yeah, that one like the band was so like forceful. You don't miss those like crazy giant vocal moments because again, I'm not sure everybody understands on a judging ballot when you're scoring, it's not scoring every group's loud the same and every group soft the same everybody's got their own range of dynamic difference yes. and so like your big sound your biggest sound um was maybe not as big as some others but it was still just as full and it was still just as vibrant yeah. and so you still get the points for that so um you're smart to know that about your your kids and your groups but i think that some people don't take that much time when planning to really yeah. think through all of those elements. Um, and then they get into the season and they're and you get the situations where people are whiny or complaining or we're never as good as and so-and-so always beats us. You know what? They have, may have done a little more work than you did. So yeah. to be and they might Sorry, guys. just be better. Sometimes <laughs> that know? happens. Sometimes you're yeah. just not the best. It doesn't mean yeah. you're bad. It just means that somebody was better today. I say that to my kids exactly. all the time. I felt like, you know, we're just be like, well, this was just that day, you know, next week yep. could be totally different. You were talking about like your kids this year buying in and I have to kind of interject. Sorry, a side note here yeah. that I'm thinking with um, with my Mitchell kids in the year, it was your yellow wallpaper year. No, 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 that's a lie. It was your airplane year. So we didn't compete against each other that year, but it was the year that I did um, the Daring Greatly show where they do the mountain oh, yeah. and then they look like birds at the end. That's the part everybody always mm -hmm. remembers. And uh, some of my friends call it the pride it. birds. I'm like, well, that was not the intent, but yeah, also sure. The that. pride birds. Pride birds. Great. But um, that set of kids, I mean, if any of them are listening, they'll tell you that that group of seniors specifically were such perfectionistic personalities that it was mm -hmm. almost crippling. And I am not built that way. Like I want things to be right and good, but I don't come at it from that angle of, of preparation, preparation until it's perfect and then we will do it perfectly. I love the journey yeah. of it where I'm like, it was kind of a mess. What if we try this? Also, you know, we get there, This we still get to the same place, but we get there differently. I, yes. had, to, I had to kind of reinvent some of the ways I taught even to just make Absolutely. that work for you. You have to. Did you feel that this year? Did you kind of have those moments? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, 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 one of my big beliefs, and I tell this straight to the kids all the time, is like, I, at the beginning of this year, I, I remember telling them this again, as usual, like, this like we will be good yeah. like trust me we will be good mm -hmm. you just have to put your part and your time in yeah. um like i i will not let you fail you just have to trust me mm -hmm. and if we're not good then it's either it probably is my fault because yeah. i yeah. didn't i didn't adapt to you and meet you where mm -hmm. you were yes. and like i i love challenging myself and the kids by saying that but this year challenged me on that statement yes. exactly because I knew what worked for me and I knew what had worked and I I I met this new group of students that was not motivated with any of the ways I knew how to motivate yeah. and so every rehearsal I mean I, I'm talking August through November this year and just like you said I mean my students would know it as well I mean I 
I had to just bear down and yeah. be no nonsense mm-hmm. and be much more strict than mm-hmm. I have ever been because that's what they needed yes. this year. I, I usually am. That is not how I am in front of a room. I, yeah. I'm much more relaxed and, yeah. and fun. And this year we couldn't have that same type of of freedom in their rehearsal. And mm-hmm. I, I think that contributed to some of the resistance from them as well as totally. once I got into like, okay, this is the only way it's going to work. They were like, well, I don't know if I like this anymore. <laughs> oh, you're like, like oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Great. we're going to keep going because whether you like it or not, we're going to be good. I will not <laughs> let us be not good. No. And that they wouldn't want that. You know, I mean, that no. was, that's the bottom line is they want to be good. They, you just, you hit the nail on the head when you said you have to meet the kids where they are in a lot of ways. I mean, you don't change literally fundamentally everything about your teaching ever that's not wise but like you've got to be aware of where they're coming from and find a way to get to that well with and take ownership for for our teaching and how it affects kids like i i think often we get we get scared to take credit for good things because we we want to give the kids the credit that they absolutely deserve but then it's so easy to dissuade credit when bad things happen Mm -hmm. um it it's on us. We, yeah. we have full ability to do incredible things with our students. And it all comes down to our planning and our teaching, yeah. um, especially competitively how those things end up. I mean, we, we're designing these shows for our kids. We, mm. We're picking these costumes for our kids. Yes. We are, we're getting the arranger and picking the choreographer mm-hmm. and doing all these things. And so if, if we're making poor choices for our kids, that's yeah. going to reflect in yeah. how they, how things turn out. So I, not to scare people into things, but we we are responsible for the success of our groups. I don't think that's I, scary. I really believe that. I think that's hard but true, which is that, yeah. you know, and, and I think we're seeing it. I'm just I'm trying so hard to avoid being political in any capacity right now. Um, but, <laughs> I, but I need to say that I think that we're seeing at a time in America right now at all levels of leadership. Um a failure of leadership where people are yes. refusing to be the ones to stand up and say the hard thing, the thing that's going to be unpopular, the thing that's going mm-hmm. to be difficult. Um, I'll, I'll bring it back down to a local scenario. So we're, you know, don't get into it. You know, I think you and I are on the same page, but I just don't, we're need to on have the same this. page for sure. I know, but I don't need to have this topic happening out in the universe because I want people I to hear that. what we're saying. So I'm going to bring it down to something that is local and just specific to where I am, which I think we can all feel, yeah. which is the whole notion of schools reopening. Um, so you and I are going to talk about this a little bit in a second here with the notion of show planning and how to move forward with show choir this year. But but first to say that we in Texas are dealing with like this massive flare up of, of yeah. cases and all of that. And um, we are in a state that has been slow to adapt safety standards and things because we're worried about infringing on people's personal rights. So. We've finally come around to realizing we just need to put masks on everyone to be safe. And that's kind of been happening. Yes, that happened like three weeks ago. So that's happening. Um, and But now we're dealing with the school reopening thing. And so each yep. day there's new information coming from the state level or the local level of school districts. And yesterday, actually, they put out our uh, our competitive extracurricular governing body for the state is called UIL is what it goes by. It's a short version of it. Um, They put out the guidelines for fall sports and fall activities yesterday. And Mm. they separated it into two different sizes of um, groups. So schools that are, I don't know what your classification size is in Iowa, how it works. Do you have like 
the big schools I don't are know like 4A or Big what? schools are 4A. Okay, yeah, so you're like that. Biggest. So we're like yeah. 6A is the biggest in Texas. 6 and 5As okay. are huge schools. 4A is actually still pretty big, but 4 through 1A and then there's even smaller ones beyond that, but that's a whole other thing. So really like the main yeah. they put it in the two chunks. 5 and 6A, 1 through 4A. 1 through 4A is getting to start their fall seasons on time. No restrictions. Like, I mean, beyond the mask mandates and whatever. Five and six say the bigger schools cannot start football season practices, for example, until middle of September. And they can't have their first games until the end of September. And there's a sportscaster here in uh, Dallas who's been here forever. His name's Dale Hansen. He's on the ABC station here who gets to do his little like unplugged segments every now and then where he goes just it's clearly his opinion. His signature is in the corner like it's it's editorializing. It is not the news like it's very clear. And he did a segment on that last night about how he's like, you know, this is like Solomon's baby, like cutting the baby in half. Why does it matter Mm. if it's it's either safe to play or it's not? And yeah. we need the state to stand up and say the because do, thing. And do the four A schools or one through four? Do they have fewer people playing football? I mean, the deal is theoretically, I think, and I haven't said this, but this is my guess: is that it's smaller towns in most cases that are usually uh, more rural, and so they have fewer cases at this fewer time. cases. So okay, I think okay. That's where that logic is coming from. I mean, that's again just maybe yeah. not UIL saying that, but he's saying like it's either safe or it's not. You you know, are we willing to sacrifice the one A players? We're saying they're not as important. We don't care if they get sick, yeah. or is it that we don't care if the six A players don't get sick until September? Like, there's yeah, they're no going to be better by here. September, right? And that's he goes. We're just delaying the inevitable. He goes, but leadership is hard, and we're not doing hard right now in Texas. We're and I was like. Ooh, that like that's huge we're We're not not doing doing, anywhere yes that's my point we're not doing hard right now anywhere everybody and i and i'm the sympathetic part of me understands that it is a tough time for everybody yep everyone's in a tailspin i get that but that doesn't mean that we all get to hide our heads in the sand and say well we're just gonna wait till this is over and then we'll make decisions friends it will be too late by then it's not an option we need to act we need to do we need to read science and listen read to math science. and like call dr read fauci real articles yes not like youtube videos news. but that's what i'm saying we need to take those news sources pare that down and take that information and go here's the decision i'm making so with that said this is a huge part of why yeah. i wanted to talk to you today i was like well we're not all show designing right now because that was really what i wanted to talk to you about i was like maybe that's not necessary right now and then you did something about six days ago, though, that I was like, nope, that's we've got to have this conversation. So <laughs> tell me about what your plans are for Linmar for this next season and how you yeah. got to that place. So we I mean, I've been just like everyone else stressed about what this next year is going to look like mm-hmm. since this whole pandemic began. Sure. And um, I mean, as we keep going and things keep getting worse instead of better, yeah. of course, that stress mounts and wondering what we're going to do. Um so I, I had a meeting with a few choir directors, just some friends of yeah. mine. I mean, I think there's like five or six people from Iowa and one from Minnesota that were just, we got together on a Zoom meeting like, okay, what the heck are we going to do for show yeah. choir next year? And during that meeting, the idea came up like, well, what if we just don't compete? Um, and one of my good buddies, uh, Luke Warren, who teaches oh, up at Hastings, Hastings yeah. um, he he said, I know, he's going to be a girl mom. Exciting. Or a girl dad, a girl, he a girl is going to be a girl mom. Let's tell him that. Yeah, true. <laughs> but he said, like, I am just so tired of 
pulling the rug out from under my students and, yes. and waiting and waiting and hoping and hoping. And then the last second being like, uh-uh, no, because that's how inevitable. everyone has yes. handled the whole pandemic. Yes. And so we, we kind of thought like, okay, this could be, this could be an idea with some legs that mm-hmm. would allow us to be flexible in how we did things mm-hmm. in order to combat the ever changing parts of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to our local friends and colleagues in our areas and we had a bigger meeting the next day and um just kind of talked about that idea and originally the plan was to like okay let's see how many people we could get on board that way when we tell our schools it will be an easier blow for our communities and students like okay all these other schools are doing this Mm -hmm. well it became apparent to me that that wasn't necessarily good for everybody to feel pressured into making those decisions and pressured to get on a list with other schools and so uh, Nolan, Ankeny, Centennial, and I just kind of decided, like, we're going to do this. And if yeah. we have bad feedback and flack from our parents, we know that our programs and can support that. And we know that we can diffuse those tense yes. situations. And so we announced, um, I think you said six days ago, that we're we're not having an in-person choreography camp mm-hmm. um, that was supposed to be in about three weeks where we are not attending competitions this mm-hmm. year and we're not hosting. And yes. what that allows us to do is we can, first of all, disperse any content to students choreographically, vocally in a way that we feel safe at the time. Yes. And then if things get weird during the year, if, if a kid, I mean, comes down with COVID, if mm-hmm. a kid's family member, if I do, if mm-hmm. someone in the school and, and we miss rehearsal time. We, we don't have to stress about meeting right. that competition norm right. and and worrying mm-hmm. about and, and it's not even just for me from the students because, you know, they care so much about yes. that and they care more than we do if we have to miss a rehearsal for weather or something for weird sure. that happens. So just that flexibility of like, OK, we're going to do an interesting different show that in our scenario is going to be much less singing and dancing time. We're going to shoot mm-hmm. for about seven to ten minutes of actual performance time and then if it doesn't if we miss a month of rehearsal okay well we'll hop back on board when we get back and Mm -hmm. we we were also worried about kids like i can for sure see some kids that maybe test positive or are around people that test positive and you better bet they're not going to tell us because guess what that means that show choir has to stop for a month exactly and they don't want that so they're gonna lie and then it spreads yes exactly so it's just we we take away the stress that would cause unsafe decisions mm-hmm. to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the big thing is it, it's not condemning the season. Show choir is still going to happen. It, yeah. it just gives us flexibility and it allows us to make decisions that are, it allow, it's, I'm not saying this is the decision that is healthy for kids because I've had some discussions with other directors that they don't want to be made to feel bad about student health if they don't go this route. Sure. But it allows for us to make more decisions that are solely based on that because we right. won't have the stress. Right. And I think that like, I think that's you, the focus. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I think you could, I think you could go out right now and find a way to get through a live choreography camp pretty darn sure. safely. I'm not saying that there are not unsafe ways to do it. I'm just thinking that it's not worth the time and money when I don't think we're going to perform. Right. I don't think we're going to be in performances. So why are we, stretching and stressing and right and getting everybody in groups of 10 to do learn the choreography and and putting out tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. also that we can tell our kids in December that we're not competing. right well and I can tell you why and this is the discussion I've been having with a lot of directors as well too is that 
there's this notion, it's not just us, of course, it's all parts of society, that there will be a path back to where we were, that we're going to be able to make things be just like they were. And yeah, immediately. We, yeah. Like, y'all, if you have not thought of this yet, Trent and I are here to tell you, um, <laughs> that may not happen. Like, you nope. need to jump on board with the notion that there is no going back. Just like, frankly, there isn't ever a going back. But I think we can delude ourselves yes. into believing that sometimes based on, you know, whatever's happening around us. This is a clear instance where we're going to have to say, okay, there is no what it looked like. That's going to change. Yes. There's some components of it that will literally never be the same again, right? So we need yeah. to start forward focus. We need to start looking forward to the future and yes. making our best guesses possible based on the information we have at this time. And what you have done and what like Nolan and you guys, and, and I know Luke is looking at that sort of stuff too. And I've had this discussion with a lot of Nebraska directors as well right now yeah. is that you have enabled yourself to be in the driver's seat as much as possible yes. to make this year look as positive, not the same, but as positive as possible for your kids. And Absolutely. that's what we need to be focused on. Not how can we preserve the way we've run a competition for the last 20 years? Yeah, because it's different. Irrelevant. And, and, and like we, we we were talking a lot. And, and I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Nolan and I announced to our kids what our plans were I for our shows know. for next yeah. year. How did that go? Oh, yeah. I mean, what one of our our big things in all of this is like, and I think a lot of directors worry about is how are we going to motivate our students sure, without competition? I, I hear that a lot. Like we're going to have kids, and, we're going to lose kids from the program. I hear is the big Yeah. Concern. And, and, and that doesn't mean that they're like only competition driven. Like how right. could you not like, didn't you not care about competition? Well, of course not, but right. our kids do like we, we can pretend that they don't, but they care about they going. And even if it's just the experience. Mm -hmm. So how do we find a way to motivate our students when we don't have this very concrete goal in early January that we need to meet. Right. And so Nolan and I came up with a really cool idea. We just announced it on Twitter yesterday, but Ankeny Centennial Spectrum and Linmar 10th Street Edition, we're going to do a combined show this year. <gasps> so we're going to do a normal show that we are still passionate about. It's going to be a story that we think is going to impact and affect people in this because that's what we those are our laurels that we mm -hmm. want to rest on yep. but we're each going to do half and so then our goal is by the end of the year we're going to get this really great video product that we can do video effects on and and all of these different ideas that then get put together and combined to form one show that is still one through story with soloists and main parts and I have a and the kids high were so pumped. level of obsession with everything you're saying right now. Like, I'm sitting here going, can I go back to high school? What in the world do you need to hire me to do? But I will figure it out because I have to be part of this because that is genius. I'm uh, they're so excited so again, though. And that was so nice. That's smart. And see, that's that is outside of the box thinking that is yeah. useful. You're thinking forward into the future. You're looking at a way to preserve the excitement level that the kids get out of a competition yes. setting while still keeping everyone as safe as you possibly can through this yeah. time. And and by some miracle, if we're if it's safe to travel mm -hmm. out in March, mm -hmm. well how great would it be to run out to Des Moines and perform the show yeah. live with yeah. Spectrum like Exactly. Uh, and, the, and vice versa. They can come to Linmar as well. You guys can do each. Yes. You can do it twice. You can do like there is so 
many different ways that we can still preserve the feeling because that's what kids come for. Yes. It's not even just the competition. It's the feelings that go surround it. So yes. stop trying to think about preserving the logistical elements of your year and start trying to think about preserving the feelings of your year. And if you can. And when you can't yes. find a new one, a yes. new feeling to poke at. Yes. And if you can do that, your kids are going to stay. Your kids are going to stay engaged. Yes. They're going to be excited. They want to stay. I assure you. because And they want to care. Yeah. Yes. Because they have had their whole lives ripped apart just like all of us have. So they're not looking for ways out of your program. And frankly, if they are, then you need to let them go. Yeah, they need to be away. (laughs) They need to find something else that is their happy place. And that is okay. We had people last year in our group that just didn't want to do it again this year. I mean, in my mind, this year is a great experience. I mean, that doesn't, it's not a bad mark on your program, but kids just, they want to do different things sometimes. It happens sometimes. literally everywhere in America every year. Yes. And if it isn't happening, if there isn't some level of attrition in your program, there's something weird going on. Like Really weird. It may be bad weird, actually. <laughs> like, are you threatening them secretly? Do you hold, like, a power over them? Because that's just kids, you know? So yes. you can't live in – you can't live in, in – bad fear. I think there's a difference between bad fear and good fear. And I think that you guys are taking fear and pushing it in a good way where you're like, okay, we're a little bit afraid of like what would happen with this or how this could go or whatever. Yeah. We're going to jump anyway. Right. Like people yeah, need I mean, to we were just that. texting yesterday. Like, well, we actually have to do this now. <laughs> Nolan and I were. But it'll be fabulous. And you're going to love yeah. every minute of that. Also just we because are. you guys are good friends and you'll enjoy that too. But yeah, it's so fun. Like, and our students are already good friends too. Yes, I mean, they, they they've have made this, such great relationships they over have the that years. Healthy kind of rivalry that school, yeah. your guys' schools do, I think. And, and you're, you're, you're capitalizing that in a cool way this year by yes. doing this. And there are so many directors around the country who could hear this and think about some version of what you're talking about and could totally work Absolutely. Them, you know? Steal it. Take yeah, it. Yeah, run do with it, it right? Um, Doran Johnson in Nebraska was talking about with me uh, – Hopefully this is something I was allowed to say out loud. Well, I'm saying it now. Sorry, Doran. He was talking about how there, he's he's still even game for having an event of some sort on his competition yeah. day. Like if he's like if things are okay ish, like if if for the kids to be there, let's stay. You know, or we could find a way where it's like five groups oh, are yeah. there, and um, you know the other the only people watching are the other students. There's no like live you know audience of parents and grandparents or whatever yeah yeah yeah. you bring in like two quote judges but not judges like clinicians who like then do a 30 minute kind of like work with them he goes there's so many things we could do with something like that and i said exactly and that's absolutely the kind of mindset you need to be in is where you're like we have a lot of options what could we work with out here instead of trying to just make normal happen guys yes it's like mean girls stop trying to make normal happen Gretchen it's not going to happen (laughs) it's not gonna happen I agree I mean I think you nailed it it's just like it's it's how do we how do we find a way to do something this year that we could never do if right. it was a regular show choir. Think about it in a fun way. Could you ever yes. do a half of a show with Ankeny Centennial Absolutely in a regular competitive not. season? Everyone would be like, what is happening right now? Yeah. 
I mean, that, it would be fun. We've thought about I it. I mean, but. I would actually be down on some level, so maybe we'll keep that. But, you know, it's I it's we'll important. Keep that in the back yeah, to keep trying. So you're doing less music, I hear you saying. Yeah. Um, because so, I hear a lot of, I've had a lot of directors, especially directors I work with in planning shows that are like, I keep saying, guys, do just four or three songs. Like, don't yeah. do, and I'll I get, don't, a, I've gotten a lot of like your... panic where they're like, oh, but what uh, if, what if we, I'm like, okay, stop it. Just stop it. Normal's not happening. Yeah. Let's just do what we need to do to give them, you know, the feeling of having done a show. Mm-hmm. So you're doing less music. You're not doing a live in person choreo camp. You're going to do that Correct. virtually, which and you and I are doing a yes. camp virtually together next week, too. So we'll get yep. even more practice with that, which I've done. A couple I'm excited times. to learn from that. <laughs> it works. I mean, it's not again, it's not normal. You have to put out of your head that it's going to be normal, but it can Correct. still work. Um, and then what about costuming? How are you handling that? Because I think that's the big other question I get a lot right now. I think what we're the show we're designing has that issue in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're trying to the show that we've honed in on and and the content that we're going to discuss next year. It, it has a little more freedom with maybe options for students to bring their own costuming, et cetera, et cetera. I've thought about the concept of buying and doing, trying to do what we normally do. But when I really think about it, I think if I gave the kids the option to, for example, kids and families to pay no money to be in show choir this year, zero, not even a rental fee Mm -hmm. that we usually have, and they get to do the exact same activity, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was more appealing than desperately trying to still have them pay some money and get like one costume or something like that. And we have, so that's, I think, the route we're going with. I th- and that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you hadn't done the purchasing yet, that certainly works. I think there are yep. s- definitely schools I've seen who have already done the purchasing because they did it yeah. early. And now they're like, okay, but I have these costumes. And my thought on that is like, well, use use it this year and next year or yeah, I mean, or push it back. Cr- yeah. Lexi's doing it like that with a lot of oh, her shows. So many designed. schools that we, we had the whole thing. My, um, my group that I started here in Texas that I still work with VOC, like we had this whole show already arranged, yeah. already picked all of that stuff. And we're just literally going, boop. Okay. We will put that on the shelf for one year. Like, yeah. and we'll still have enough of the same kids that it will work, but you can't be afraid to do that. You know, um, absolutely. People are doing, I'm hearing things like uh, best of kind of shows, like where yeah. you're going back in your catalog, and pulling out favorite songs because the kids have those like if you haven't ever asked your kids that oh of course they'll go back they know i love the 2012 version of blah 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 from i mean they They always do their favorites always their eighth grade year (laughs) when they're in eighth grade and up the height they're on the precipice of getting to like be in that group next year yeah right i have students still that swear by the 2016-17 cult show being the best Lynn Marshall of all time, no doubt. Year, and they just yep. were obsessed with it. Actually, the idea of calling a show my eighth grade year and only doing songs from freshman's eighth grade year, sophomore's eighth grade year. <laughs> that's an entire show, friends. There, I did it, it for is. you. You can just use Absolutely. that. Um, people are going through. And I think and, you're right. Yeah. Like, just finding finding ways to I, I've heard of people talking about getting input from their kids and what yeah. they're excited about too I yeah. I think that if I could offer advice to anybody wondering what to do mm-hmm. I, I could just say what not to do is is don't just mail it in yeah because the kids will know like yes. I think that e- the idea we were all thinking about early on when not doing our main shows was was kind of like okay well, well let's just do some songs and get them yeah. to learn well I just thought about that moment when I got on that a Zoom call with my students and I was like, hey, I know we've done Nellie Wilhite, Yellow Wallpaper, Genesis. Well, this year, 
we're we're just gonna do three songs. We're doing like, this nineteen seventies classic arranged by Yeah. It's like maybe arranger. that would work for some groups. Yes. But like for my students specifically, like they they would they would be so devastated yes. even more. Like it is so you're just throwing this year. away. It is someone's yeah. senior year. You have to kind of oh, keep yeah. that in and mind. Kids that have been wanting to be in yes. 10th street for four years and yes. they finally made it. And yes. then, uh, so I, I had to, I have, we have to find ways to motivate them still. We can't, mm-hmm. If we are going to take away competitions, in my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. and we're not taking it away. I don't want to say take away. If we are going to forego competitions for their safety, mm-hmm. we need to offer something else mm-hmm. that is still motivating to them as a carrot that they can still work for. Mm-hmm. And also that you can still use as a jumping off point for your 2021, mm-hmm. 20, wait, 20, 2020, 2021 years. Because yes. when this does subside to a point where we can be in person and gather again and do things, you don't want your program to be in complete shambles because you did literally nothing for a year. Which, Absolutely. by the way, I'm hearing out of people. I'm hearing people say things like, we're just canceling show choir this year. If your admin is saying that to you, it's you bold. need to go fight. You need to go fight yeah. hard to not have that happen. And if you, yeah. the director, are saying that, like Trent's saying, that's bold choice, my friends. Like, yeah. that's going to be hard to come back from. You know how, and maybe your school isn't like this, but every school I've ever been to is like in, in April of the year, right? They, your admin comes to you and goes, we have X amount of dollars left in whatever account. We need you to spend it because if you don't spend it, we won't get it from the I legislature wish. That next year. Awesome. Oh, in Texas, that happens every year where they're like, okay, we have X amount of dollars left. Do you need anything? Because if I think we there's don't an spend office it, moment about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there really feels like that sometimes. There's been years where I've been like, um, a pogo stick. <laughs> My principal's like, please shut your mouth. But there's, you know, it. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. There is some thought to that. If you don't have yeah. show choir in any capacity this year, it will be 100% easier for your admin to look at you next year and go, well, we made it without it this year. We don't need it again. Yeah. Do not shoot yourself in the foot like that. And, you know? your, and your students and, and yes. getting people on board and, and continuing through your program. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even people think of our program sometimes as a massive, and it is massive, but like, if we don't work our butts off right. to try to get kids in the door, we're every school is losing numbers. Mm-hmm. If teachers aren't figuring out how to get kids there, even at that, the, I mean, we've got 400 kids in choir, but mm-hmm. if I'm not in the hallways getting kids in, we'll have 375 next year and 350 the next True. year. You know? Yeah. You think about what that's like now, friends, in your departments and your world. Like, you got to magnify that by 10 if you just decide yeah. to shut down one of your most popular things for a year. Like, because even though choir is the driving force behind our program Mm -hmm. there are students that matter that show choir is the driving force for them yeah Mm -hmm. and so like we even though as it's such a i get so annoyed with Mm -hmm. like some like real homer choir directors that are like well your program's driven by show choirs okay like well great you why why do you care so much about what you perceive our program is driven by Every kid has a different thing that drives them. Yes. Every kid has a different thing that motivates them. So, And you're providing the opportunities across the board. It'd be different all if all you were providing was a show choir and you had no foundation. <laughs> no choir? No, like, yeah, okay, that may be, may be worth yeah. the argument. Okay, Boomer, thank you. Back to Boomer. Okay, so I have to <laughs> ask to you boom. the five questions that everybody gets asked. Everybody. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, these are off the top of your head, which makes it even more fun. Okay, so first question, what is your favorite form of entertainment? Like when you're not doing work stuff like TV, movies, live shows, live concerts? I mean, ideally being at a Broadway show was yes. is the 
best thing I can spend my money on. Every time I go to New York, I'm like, oh my goodness, $150 to see yes. a show. I don't know if it's worth it. It's always worth it. Always. always. Even if I only had $150 in my pocket and in my bank account, it would be worth it. Are you but one of my friends th- that saw the OG Hamilton cast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I did that also. Like, I'm like, but, that is where oh, I saw your post about that recently. <laughs> $400 that I spent to go do that for just yeah. the ticket in the very last row of the theater. Worth every penny. Like, don't Worth feel every bad penny. about it at all. Also, because we missed seeing Dear Evan Hansen with Ben Platt. We were there. Uh, and the students see, I was with I was didn't want to see it. And oh, I, no. I'm so mad at myself for not forcing them. He took them. the day off when we went. It was the day before the Tonys. And no. he had a throat thing. And so we didn't get to see him. I mean, he we found out that afternoon that oh. he was stepping out for just that performance. That's so sad. Devastating. Okay, I feel it like was. a little better that we were both in that boat now that we missed it. But I'm with <laughs> yes. you. I'm so ready for Broadway to open up again. Side note, yep. if you have not watched the Hulu documentary We Are Freestyle Love Supreme. I just watched it. Amazing. Is it worth a watch? Readable. Oh my gosh, everyone go watch it. Because first of all, it's also like a weird origin story of Hamilton and in the Heights. Weird yes. randomly. Like it's sort of that. But it's like just an homage to Lin Manuel Miranda and how of. his brilliance has escalated. But also And it all came through this thing. It did. And you also end up watching it though, I think as a creative, or I get this way with that kind of stuff, where then I just want to go create something because you're just like Yes, me t- I was the same way after that. Like, oh, ugh. I wanted to like see kids and go do a show immediately. Like, yes. Oh, that's for sure. Okay. I think though, I mean, if you're a show choir director, you, I get so much inspiration from seeing things on Broadway Same. and seeing things like I cry at a moment yeah. and then I'm like, okay, well, what did they do yes. literally that made me cry? Like, how do I <laughs> dissecting how you get that in your, yes. oh my gosh, we're like the same person sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> favorite show choir show that you've ever seen. You can't have been a part of it in any way. Like one that you've just seen as an audience member or I guess judge. Um, live or. It can be live or video. video. It can be live or video. Um, my favorites. I loved. I loved Great Expectations, Los Salamitos. Yes. Um, that that was a great one. I mean, I love all of Los Sal stuff. Same. Um, I'm such a junkie. And I'm I mean, I'm so biased with Centennial, but I, I love their show from this year. I mean Ugh. everybody loved their show from this year, yes. so I guess that's not, you did not a have biased a soul statement. If you did not love that show. No. I also loved the the Titanic when they did that. that was one of the first times live I was like we need to step our game up. One of my top five favorite be... shows ever. Yeah, oh. loved it. The dark, um, where they start in the water and the dark with the blue lights and they sing, nearer my God to thee. And it's just like, Amazing. Oh. <laughs> Every moment. I mean, that show, I loved the flow of that. Yes, um, agreed. Those are my favorite. I don't actually, yeah. it's kind of weird, but I don't watch a ton of show choir. I don't I, either, I don't, actually. Yeah, I it, get that. It's. I think you I come tired. to a point where, yeah, you just kind of are like, okay. Because also if you're working that hard at creating your own stuff, I feel yes. like you're less wanting to watch other things for some reason. Yes, and I don't want to see anybody else do things that I – because once it's done, like – you can't it's do it. Done. Yeah. It's no longer innovative. So yep, it's exactly. like, oh no. Well, they've ruined you that for it. me now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just preserving ourselves, basically, is I guess what's happening. Um, okay. Favorite show you've ever been a part of. So favorite show choir show you've ever done or been a part of. Oh, that's so hard. Director or performer, doesn't matter. And you can name a couple. It's always hard to pick one. Uh, I would say 
the experience of the Nellie Wilhite Take Flight show was mm-hmm. an unforgettable one from the, the students I had in that group to the the real and tangible emotional content that that show delivered. Yes. And just and, and that was kind of the year where we, we got put on the map in a different way. Yeah. And so the students seeing that and I mean, getting that natural motivation of success was yeah. was so great for them. Um, I, I remember with that show one time we, I, I finally got in contact with a member of Nellie Wilhite's family and it was like, she, she only had one distant relative, like that had a kid. And then it was their uncle that was on a farm in Texas somewhere. And I found, I got in, I found him in like a phone book and called him and he was just overjoyed and he found this box of stuff that his great aunt Nellie, I mean, and just that, that real personal connection was so cool for me and the students. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was a weepy year. Yeah. That's, I was gonna say, that's the, my heart just hurts thinking of years like that. I feel yeah. Okay. That's a great answer. All right. So can you remember your senior year of show choirs year show? People like either person. say immediately yes or immediately no. Like there's never an in between on this. <laughs> I mean, I kind I kind of remember it. We were not very good. <laughs> but that was also we, Nebraska in that time. I I can't remember how much I younger t- you are than me, but like there was my senior year was 2010. Okay, so you were kind of at the precipice of Nebraska figuring it out. Like yeah, yeah that's yeah. We did. I, all I remember is. I think we went out like eight times mm-hmm. and we made finals like once it yeah. was not, um, yeah. it was not. And I always like, I always thought like, Oh, we just got screwed. Like right. I'm, it's, that's I, always it, what happens. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's the worst that now when I think back on who I am, but I remember we did our closer was a rock band, hair band medley and all everyone in the group wore rock wigs, like long oh. hair wigs. <laughs> Jen, it was it was not. Well, I'm gonna good. go find it. That's what my job. I don't is. think it so, exists. Oh, I really I'm, don't think a video evidence search. exists. I'm gonna search in the corners. I'm gonna email Sarah. If you Sarah. find it, send it to me. <laughs> yeah, email Sarah. It. She maybe she has probably it. does have a copy of it somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. Okay, that's an excellent <laughs> answer. That makes me happy that you remember something and that it's about wigs. Okay, good. last question. What is your most embarrassing stage moment? Okay, uh, this is a great story, actually. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in um, in Dr. Pete Eklund's men's choir yep. at University of Nebraska, and we were doing this song. Gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but I had a little solo, like just a little, it was a sea shanty, and I had this little bit in the front. I say it was the sea shanty. I swear that's how he opens every year of men's choir. <laughs> everything, okay. yeah. everything. So mm-hmm. I, I go up to the front of the stage, and the words were supposed to be, um, the solo went at dawn when the mist lay or the ground young Tom would go out fishing. He'd lay his catch out in the sand for all the laddies to see. And I get up to the front. Oh no. And I go at dawn when the mist lay or the ground young Tom would go out fishing. And then I forgot. The word. <gasps> I had nothing. Um, I, ha- I mean, blank and one second to think. So of course I just made up work. And so I said, he went and he saw it on the ground. And then he went and he saw it. And I turned around and I just see Nolan Hankel oh, in the dying. back of the choir dying. Oh. And Pete Eklund looks over at me as I'm passing him. 
and he just has his hand on his breast. <laughs> the other hand. And he just gives me this, oh yeah, with the <sighs> other hand with the baton, and he just gives me this eye- eyebrow up like, hmm. <laughs> Oh, goodness. It was a time. Oh, my God. I don't know if anybody even knew. Well, but he did probably, but you were, I'm sure that the did. audience did not know. I, I All no the guys in the choir that. knew. Oh, it was great. God. And, of course, Nolan was there with you. I love that you guys get to teach so close to each other now and have yeah. all of that shared history. That just makes my heart super it's happy. It's pretty cool. I am <laughs> so glad that we got to talk about, like... Well, frankly, all of it. The show design part of it makes my heart so happy since a lot of us are show designing in a weird way right now. It's fun to, like, talk about traditional show planning, you know, and and the way that you hopefully will be able to do it again someday. But thank you for being bold and just stepping out and making a choice on behalf of all of us. Because there's a... Thank you. It's it's a hard thing right now, as as Dale Hansen in Texas says. You know, it's hard to be a leader. So um, thank you to you and to Nolan and to those directors who are going ahead and making tough choices now I think that the bottom line is that in the long run as you said you're not going to be repeatedly pulling the rug out from under your kids if you can go ahead and make some tough choices now um, that is better for everyone and I agree and planning I agree well put so thank you for chatting today yeah thanks for chatting with me thanks for having me on oh yeah